The Chargers looked like they were going to find a way to lose late, but Justin Herber and the offense found a way to break through and get the win in Houston. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, whose birthday weekend did not get ruined, thankfully. We've been covering the Chargers together for six seasons now, but we're in our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making this your first listen on this Locked On Chargers post-game show. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel. And also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But David, for me in this one, it was the Chargers offense breaking through after a really frustrating offensive drought at the end of the game. They find a way to get somewhat of a killer instinct after failing the couple of drives beforehand and going down with a big-time drive to seal this game. Justin Herbert leading the way, and he was excellent again. Austin Eckler looking great in this game, too, but obviously still some questions about the Chargers offense that we didn't get answered in this one. But it also came up because of the defensive play that was made towards the end of the game. The Chargers defense was reeling, but somehow found a way to hold the Texans to a field goal, not relinquish the lead, which I thought for sure was going to happen as the Chargers were in full-on charging mode. But they made the big play. They got the big sacks when they needed it, got the turnovers when they needed it, and got the win most especially, but still gave away some big plays you'd like to see back. And we're also going to do some game balls, some highlighted players that stood out to us in this game, like Chargers rookie left tackle Jamari Sawyer in the game that that dude put together. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code Locked on. All right, David. Well, I'm sure like most Charger fans, everyone was huddled on their couches waiting for the Chargers to find a way to lose this game. And there's a lot of negatives you can definitely take away from this game, but you do deserve credit from that last drive that the Chargers put together, right? 12 plays, 84 yards. They took up six minutes left in that fourth quarter and really left the Texans with only about two and a half minutes to go up by 10, right? That really sealed the game right there. And the Chargers also went for it on fourth down on that drive, too, when they needed it. While they were up by three, they didn't punt and kind of, you know, just try to rely on their defense. They made the plays down the stretch. So we'll get to the frustrations. But that was the plays of the game. Those were the plays of the game. That final drive by Justin Herbert and the Chargers offense is what eventually got this game for the Chargers in victory. Yeah, that's what they needed. They needed this type of performance to put the game away because at at that moment in time, it it felt like momentum was just hanging on by a thread and the Chargers had to hold on to that and they had to kind of go out there and take that victory. And what they did on this last drive is they got Austin Eckler the ball a lot. (laughs) Seven times he touched the ball on this drive. Also, Mike Williams came through with a couple of third down Uh, conversions on this drive as well. I mean, getting the ball into the playmaker's hands, very important reason why this final drive was so successful for the Chargers. Yeah, 100%. And they needed it, right? Because the first four drives of the second half, they didn't get any points at all. But Justin Herbert overall was incredible again, right? I mean, 27 to 39, a QBR of 90.5, which is unreal. Pass rating 113.2, no interceptions, 
Averaged 8.7 yards per attempt. He was great, but it didn't feel like that. Ones. Yeah, 340 passing yards for sure. But that was huge right there. I mean, to have the league cut to three, to be really pushed up against the wall and to kind of pull that out of your bag right there when you needed it most, even though there were frustrations, you have to give credit for that because that was a huge clutch drive. And it's not easy. I mean, look at the scores all across the league in the NFL. You're not seeing many 10-point differences in these games. It's hard to win games. The Chargers don't get full credit. They're not still the team, you know, we think should contend. But at the same time, you get credit for what you did, especially when you looked as good as you did in the first half. And that was the best offensive half that we've seen from the Chargers this season, David. They've only scored 24 points in a game in any given game all season long. They put up 27 in the first half. And, I mean, it was – a lot of things capitalizing off turnovers, right? They get a turnover by Nazir Adderley. They Making go three plays, 25 yards, and get an 18-yard touchdown to Gerald Everett. Austin yeah. Eckler runs it in from 10 yards out a couple of drives later, gets the first rushing touchdown of the season. And then after a 50-yard catch and run, which was a good play call by Joe Lombardi, the play action got the linebackers up. They found yeah. Mike Williams on a crossing route. Let's see that more. He gets yes. loose and goes for 50. The next play, you get the biggest Chargers run of the season, a 20-yard touchdown by Austin Eckler. Like that, it was all working so smoothly. Like even before the half, they get a stop on fourth and one. They go down, get more points to make it 27 to seven at halftime. That was huge. It was nice to see the Chargers offense, especially without Keenan Allen, no Donna Parham either. You're missing Rashawn Slater, but they're still capable of putting together a half like that. Well, and, the, and that's what I was looking for. That was the type of response from the Chargers that I was expecting, I was hoping for after getting embarrassed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think we all came out of that Jags, uh, Jacksonville game understanding that that's not who the Chargers are and that's not what this team is capable of doing. And I think in the first half, they go out there and they score on five of their six possessions, whether that's yeah. touchdowns or field goals, they're getting points almost every single time they touched the football. So that's what you were looking for in the first half. You were just hoping that they were going to be able to keep that up, but that's what you wanted. They, they get the ball, they get turnovers, they make it hurt. They score touchdowns. They get up big. And I think you're feeling pretty darn good about yourself at that moment in time up 27 to seven. I mean, it was a great first half performance by the Chargers. Yeah, and as good as the first half started, the second half was that bad, right? I mean, it was yeah. really good, and it was <laughs> nice to see them moving the ball efficiently against, you know, what had been not, you know, the worst defense in the league. It wasn't like the Texans were giving up all these crazy point totals, but to get, no. you know, that performance was nice. The second half, not as much, and it was just drive after drive after drive where the Chargers just could not put the nails in the coffin, right? They get the ball right after halftime. It's totally derailed. The most frustrating one for me was a screenplay in which Matt Filer could not connect to a Texans player with Austin Eckler following his blockers perfectly ends up being a two-yard game, probably should have been like a 20-yard gain. And then yeah. Gerald Everett on that third down just blatantly drops, I mean, a non-contested catch just on the third down. a horrible drop. Yeah, just a horrible a drop. One. I mean, it was right in his chest. It was not a bad throw. It was, you know, he was ready for it for the most part. Just dropped it. And those are the kind of plays that you're not going to be able to get away with from other, you know, against other teams. And second drive, yeah. you go three and out. And you're letting them slowly but surely get back in the game. Third drive, you go two first downs and you punt. And then when you do that, it makes that DeAndre Carter fumble on their fourth offensive drive. You know, maybe it's not a drive, but it makes it that much worse. because It's like you sat there, you sat there, you sat there. And you always have to be ready for something like this to happen. So all of a sudden, DeAndre Carter fumbles. And now you're giving them a chance after being down 20 points to start the second half to go ahead with a touchdown. You're giving them the ball at the 16-yard line. The, the futility in halftime, after halftime on the offensive side 
was beyond frustrating. It, it just was yeah. incomprehensible. I didn't understand why they had so much success and the offense was humming and everything was feeling great to going to just absolutely hitting a wall and doing yeah. nothing. And then it gets capped off by that DeAndre Carter fumble. And then that, that, that just eerie, scary feeling started to creep up the back of your oh, neck, no. especially for me when I was in the stands <laughs> surrounded by other Texas fans. Now there was plenty of charger fans in the stadium. I can tell you that right now sure. they were all over the place, but they were starting to get confident. Well, they for context, you went last year and it was the, yes. you know, they got blown out basically in that COVID bowl last year. So it you were was, about, you were on the brink of two straight losses back to back years where you're going to the game at Texan stadium. Yes. And I could not possibly imagine <laughs> watching that happen again. But at that moment in time, when that fumble hit, I said, Oh no, here we go. The chargers are about to let this, just fantastic football game just slip right through their fingers. Yeah. And, and the, the whole thing of brand say before the season, Hey, we're trying to rewrite the narrative. We want charging to not be a thing anymore, but it's hard to not correlate that David with the seemingly forced, you know, Sony Michelle usage in, in that Ugh. second half, because he had six carries for 11 yards in that second half. It just came out of nowhere. Joshua Kelly was looking really good, averaging more than five yards per carry at that point. Austin Eckler, averaging about five yards per carry at that point and they scored the first two touchdowns of his season yet it did like the first three drives they were just force feeding sony michelle it made no sense to me and that was just one of the places where okay you see this offensive drought and that's kind of part of it yes play calling right drops lack of execution all of those things are wrapped up in it but that one seemed weird i mean tomorrow's buy or sell <laughs> might have to be you know running back by committee's got to go buy or sell that but we will talk more about austin Eckler's electric game later on when we talk about the standout performances because he did great and the Chargers defense gave up some big plays, but deserve some credit for their big stand at the end of the game, forcing that field goal by the Texans and never quite relinquishing the lead. So we're going to get into that. But hopefully you guys had Austin Eckler in your prize picks, because if you did this week and you had more than on Austin Eckler, if you had more than on Justin Herbert, you guys cashed in at prize picks. And I love prize picks. It's my favorite daily fantasy site, because in prize picks, it's you versus the projections. They will tell you hey, these are the numbers we're putting out there. Is this player going to go more than or less than that number? And you get to go up against prize picks directly and win or lose that way. And I love that. Last week, it was more than 270.5 passing yards for Justin Herbert. Check. Or more than 49.5 rushing yards for Austin Eckler. Double check there if you guys stack the charges on that one. But basically, you can pick two to five players. If they go more or less than their prize picture projections, you win. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And prize picks offers... Projections on pretty much every sport, not just the NFL. You can also go MLB, MMA, golf, college football, or whatever. But the best thing is safe and fast withdrawals. And right now, you guys can go download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That means if you deposit $100, they'll give you a free $100. If you deposit $50, you'll get $50. So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David, but the Chargers, well, the Chargers defense, there's a lot here. I mean, it seemed like in the first half, you know, they made just enough plays to kind of keep the Texans out of it. I mean, they had a lot of really, really good turnovers and they had sacks and big moments and things like that. But the biggest play by the Chargers defense came after they were reeling. I mean, they'd given up two straight touchdown drives. They had let the Texans offense back in it and, you know, 
combination with the Chargers offense struggling because that's how it always seems to go for the Chargers. Yeah. Like sometimes everything's firing on all cylinders and the offense and defense are going. But when they go, they both go out at the same time, too. And it's like yeah, not only get disconnected. Yeah, totally. I mean, and there's no real, you know, there is like a feeling of momentum and things like that. But it's like it shouldn't be affecting each other. At the same time, it always does. And yeah. it's just like a combination. It's okay. Not only can we not score offensively, we can't get any stops defensively. You give up 14 points. You make it a six point game. Right. And, and with way too much time left in the fourth quarter, over 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And all of a sudden, a 20 point lead is yeah. down to six points. And then DeAndre Carter fumbles the kickoff. And it's like, oh, this is it. Like, this is the end of the game right here. They're going to get a touchdown. That's just how you feel as Charger fans. And the Chargers defense stepped up, David. And it was led by Jerry Tillery, who on second down and seven in the red zone comes up with a huge sack and force fumble. But don't get me started about the actual force fumble itself. I mean, how many Chargers have to get a hand on a ball before they can recover? I I still don't think that they've recovered a fumble defensively so far this season. It's insane. I mean, but... That that was huge. I, I mean, it to not relinquish massive. the lead right there, it felt like if the Chargers gave up the lead right there, they were never going to get it back. And they hold them to three, and then they never actually – I mean, that was the closest the Texans were to winning that game. After that, the entire game changed. Exactly. And so credit where credit is due. Uh, I have crucified Jerry Tillery <laughs> on many occasions, rightfully so, because, you know, he has played very below par – so far throughout this season, but on this play on this day in this game, he made a phenomenal play. He smoked Davis mills and he got the fumble. They just couldn't pick it up, but that play right there held them essentially to a field goal. Yeah. And then the chargers were able to come back, put together a beautiful dominant drive to put the score up to 10 points, which conceivably put the put the game away yeah 100 percent. i mean that if they give a touchdown who knows what happens but on that play it makes it a third and 16 right yeah they can't convert they don't even complete a pass on that next play so you make them take that field goal you send it back negative eight yards on that drive to potentially go ahead and that was the frustrating thing right the texans weren't a good fourth quarter offense they hadn't scored a fourth quarter point up until they played the chargers in week four so to it, not as if it was a huge opponent, but just with the game, the way it was going, the way they were reeling to come up with that stop specifically for that guy to come up with that stop, it deserves a ton of credit. It made a it huge does. play, and then the Chargers came back at the end of the game. Ryan got pressure and never let the Texans come back in, even though the game was essentially over at that point. They still stood up strong, and that's kind of the thing with this defense, David, is it's it's flawed, but it's making you need them to make enough plays. So in this game, yeah. right, it's the Khalil Mack sack on fourth and one to get the Chargers some more points and take points off the board for the Texans. It's Nazir Adderley getting the interception in the first half. It's Bryce Callahan getting the interception in the second half to seal the game, but also getting the pressure. Four sacks for 31 yards lost in this game. We needed to see the Chargers step up and find pressure without Joey Bosa, which they didn't at all in the second half against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The reason they won this game was because of the pressure, because of the turnovers they forced on the Houston Texans on Sunday. I like the way the defense was flying around for the most part. Honestly, from what I saw, I saw Kenneth Murray just run into the guard like a battering ram on a yeah. couple of different occasions. Like he looks healthy. I mean, he, he looks like a different player. I got to give him some credit. He looked pretty good out there. Cleo Mack, uh, when everybody was kind of doubting him and what he was going to be able to do out there without Joey Bosa, still made his presence felt. He had a, a huge sack on a Davis Mills rollout on, on a, a fourth down, uh, I, I believe. Yeah. And uh, he just 
crushed him, threw him to the ground, and that was the end of the play. Uh, I mean, he's just going to show you that Khalil Mack is still a phenomenal football player, and the Chargers are very fortunate to have him. Derwin James also flying around. He had, uh, had six targets. He only allowed three receptions for three yards. So Derwin James doing Derwin James-like things. Also, I love watching Asante Samuel Jr. tackle one-on-one in the open field. That dude squares up, gets guys on the ground. He rarely lets them get away. It just It's beautiful. It's like Derwin James closing. Like He yeah. is a perfect example of what that's supposed to look like because he sees it. Asante Samuel Jr., man, is playing some phenomenal football through the first four games of the season. Yeah, and I mean, with him, I mean, it's nice to see it going the right way, right? Because he doesn't often wrap up. He did better in this game doing it. But, I mean, seeing him with that confidence, I mean, what, he had two tackles for us, I can remember, in this game, just on short passes that he was just there instantly and not giving up that free, easy five to seven yards that the Chargers always seem to be willing to give up. He didn't have that when he came back from his second concussion last year. And, yes, he does give up a touchdown this game, really, with good coverage on Brandon Cooks on that last, you know, touchdown drive by the Texans. But it seems like his confidence keeps growing, and that is a great sign for the Chargers. J.C. Jackson, on the other hand, not as good of a game, does get beat on a big play, and that is the one thing with this Chargers defense because they did good taking the ball away. They got decent pressure in this game for most of it, right, and got the sacks they needed. They ended up going, you know, forcing the Texans to 3 of 12 on on third down, which is a really, really good percentage. 33% on third downs is a good mark for the Chargers defense. Yet it still became close, David, and it became close because of big plays allowed by this Chargers defense and still being concerned about this rush defense because in this game, Damian Pierce goes 14 carries for 131 yards, 9.4 yards per carry. Most of that coming on a 75-yard touchdown run. How does this happen every week? This is three weeks in a row now we've seen the Chargers give up a 50-plus yard run. Two or three weeks ago, it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 50-yard run against the Chiefs. Last week, a 50 yard touchdown by James Robinson on fourth and one and then this week you get the 75 yard rushing touchdown by Damian Pierce you combine that with the 58 yard play given up to Nico Collins that ends up leading to a touchdown drive it's like if they could just nuke those big plays like they might actually be able to be a really good defense because right now there's a lot of good players out there but they're they're not the complete unit that they could be no, they're not. And I think you have to be uh, happy with the turnovers that they got in this game. You got to be happy with the pressure and the sacks that they got in this game. But you're you're not satisfied because it wasn't a complete performance. They had a couple of lapses in, in their defensive scheme today. I mean, they, they allow the big run again, uh, and they allow that big pass to really swing the momentum back in the Texans' favor. And, you know, they, they score off of that. So yeah. you can't allow that to happen against better football teams because they're going to capitalize on that change of, of momentum. The chargers did not have a complete performance in this one. I think it's, you know, cause for some optimism about what they can be, but they are not completely there yet. They definitely have some things to clean up and they just have to be more consistent series in and series out. Yeah, and I mean, the Chargers offense has to to help them out too, right? Because these quick drives in the second half, leaving the defense on the field for so long in the second half, it's not a recipe for success. And these big plays, not only, you know, will they come back to haunt you in other games, they already have come back to haunt you against the Chiefs, right? And against the Jaguars. These plays have already doomed you in other games. So it's just those big plays. I mean, Nazir Adderley, 
not good on either one of those plays. He did get the interception in this game, but took a poor angle on the yeah, big touchdown run. on that 75-yard run. <laughs> if he even attempted one, man, I don't, yeah. he didn't even get a hand on him. And there's other guys to play him on that. A lot of sure. guys out of position on that play. That's a big hole to try to take that dude down yeah. one-on-one. But also, you know, J.C. Jackson and him getting beat on that 50-yard, 8-yard pass to Nico Collins. Like, all that stuff. It has to stop. I mean, especially if you're the Chargers defense and giving that up to the Houston Texans, many better offenses you're going to play, many better quarterbacks you're going to play, and you're going to need better than that next week when you're going up against a legitimately really, really good rushing attack with the Cleveland Browns. But there are a lot of highlights from this game too, David, even with the negatives. And the biggest one to me, literally and figuratively, is Jamari Sawyer, who went out there and played a whale of a game. Yes, at left tackle. I don't remember him giving up a single pressure in this one. And for the sixth round rookie to come out and do that, like that's a unicorn. Tom Telesco never really hits on offensive linemen historically. This is a sixth round pick that just went out and did that in his first game. But the unicorn of protein bars are built bars. Built bars are my favorite protein bar. And I have to tell you guys about that because I haven't talked about it in a while. And now I'm getting hungry and forgot about how hungry I get during these. I should have grabbed one before the show. But the thing about Built Bars I love the most are the variety of flavors that you can get. It's not only just the regular Built Bars. It's the Built Puffs. It's the Built Granola Bars. We can go white chocolate, blueberry, Built Granola Bars. And most of the Built Bars themselves have about 15 grams of protein and around 150 calories while being loaded with fiber and being very low on sugar and very low on carbs. I mean, Built Bars are the unicorn of the protein bar game. You can go with cookies and cream. You can go peanut butter brownie. You can go so many different great flavors, and you can go with one of the boxes where they'll let you try all the different built bars that you want so you can figure out which one's your favorite because I promise you, you will find a favorite one. But what's great about built bars is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Eat the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and go to built.com. And use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for locked on 15 for 15% off at built.com. The Chargers as a team had some shaky moments, David, but I don't think that should take away from some of the great performances that we saw individually from some of the Chargers on Sunday, including Jamari Sawyer. And it's funny, David, because this is a six-round guy who's converting to be a guard. He ends up giving Getting a game ball from Brandon Staley after the game, I'm going to go ahead and give him the locked-on charger seal of approval on a game ball from us as well because, David, we were very excited (laughs) for Jamari Sawyer. And, I mean, as messed up as it sounds, I think a lot of that was just the Chargers deciding, hey, we're not just going to keep continuing to roll Storm Norton out there and hope that it gets better, right? We're going to make a change and see what happens. That change was super positive, David. Not only did the Chargers really give up no sacks, I'm not counting that awkward Herbert slide as a sack. I mean, the Chargers' offensive line was good. I don't remember him giving up any pressures. The Chargers had their best running game of the season. And, you know, Trey Pipkins, the right side, deserves a lot of credit for that as well. But, David, I mean, for as optimistic as I was about Jamari Sawyer, about this move, a guy who played left tackle in college, but they decided he was a guard so early in camp, we never really saw him there. I could have never anticipated this performance. What a show that dude put on in his first ever NFL game, his first ever NFL reps. He's playing left tackle in the NFL and that dude just had a performance of a lifetime. He was fantastic. And Jamar Sawyer, ever since I watched tape on him before in, in the draft process, I was immediately a high on him. I was very extremely excited that the Chargers did that were able dude fall? to get him in the sixth round. I had a third, fourth round grade on him when I watched him. And I think now people are finally starting to see why after this type of performance. Now let's also acknowledge the fact 
that the Chargers did a lot to scheme up some help for him for sure. They definitely used a lot of motion. They used some chips from the tight ends, from the running backs. But even with that being said, every one-on-one opportunity that he had, he more than handled throughout the entire football game. Even after watching it live, I went back and watched it again, and I was watching him specifically. Jamari Sawyer played one heck of a football game, and I think the Chargers have to be beaming with pride after being able to get him in the 2022 draft. And I don't think anybody could have anticipated how incredibly important that pick would be until right now. Yeah. And I think it just gives you a, a, you know, a glimpse at a bright future for this Chargers offensive line, right? Because yeah, Rashawn Slater is going to be coming back next year, which is great. Now. I mean, it looks like next year, this dude's going to be taking over probably at left guard as much as, you know, Matt Filer was great last year, but struggled this year for sure. But when you have that dude, how do you keep him on the bench, right? Like, it just makes the most sense for this dude to come in, and he's doing what he's doing at tackle right now, right? Like, and he's definitely more fit to be a guard. But he also played left tackle at a national championship level last year for Georgia. But just to see him do that, to shut it down, because, like, there were just, like, true pass pro sets where he just wasn't getting moved at all. Like, was just, like, handling it with ease. And this was a very good kind of warm-up game. You know, for Jamari Sawyer, next week he could be going up against Miles Garrett, right? And he could be going up against JV and Clowney if those dudes come back next week. So this was a good kind of warm-up game for that. But, I mean, pass the tests with flying colors. And another guy, David, offensively, that definitely, you know, got helped by that was Austin Eckler, who yes, sir. looked again like Austin Eckler. That washed guy, Austin Eckler, which seems to be going around on Twitter, which is just absolutely insane to me that anyone thinks that it's that joke. dude's fault. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, that dude is still a difference maker. Gets in from 10 yards out, 20 yards out on the ground in this one. Also comes up with two huge plays on that final drive. Pretty much the same play, right? A hard play action, roll out to the right, find Austin Eckler, let him do the rest. Gets the fourth down conversion, gets the touchdown to ice the game, dives for the pylon. And, like, he's such a good dude. Like, it it was so great to see that from him. Averages 4.8 yards per carry in this game as well. I mean, this is the best game of his season so far. And I think, you know, paying off a lot of fantasy owners who took him in the first round. I was about to say, I know the fantasy owners would probably get a little antsy that he hasn't you know, seen the end zone through the first three games. Well, he made sure to make up for that with a three times trick, <laughs> three guitar solos here in this game for Austin Eckler. And he was all over the field. He was he- like I, I told you earlier, he was heavily involved in that cr- key crucial drive that the Chargers put together towards the end of the game to eventually punch it into the end zone and bring it to a 10 point lead. And he just was all over the place. 109 all-purpose yards. That's just the type of signature Austin Eckler type of performance that you are waiting for. And we finally got great to see for Austin Eckler and for the Chargers offense going forward. Yeah, and I mean, the Chargers rushing attack as a whole. I mean, if you look at the box score, you're going to see 27 for 81, three yards per carry. But that doesn't really tell the whole story. I mean, if you take away Justin Herbert's kneel downs, which somehow he lost, you know, 10 plus yards on that. You end up with around four yards per carry for the running backs on this team rushing. And that is including, you know, Sony Michelle's 6'4, 11 yards. So Josh Kelly looked really good in this one, even though yeah, you see did. a 3.8 yards per carry. He looked really good. Shout out to Michael miss. Bandy, too, making a couple big catches in his yes. season debut. Absolutely. Shout out to Michael Bandy, who came in and looked like he should be on the team all the time. I mean, especially in the absence of Keenan Allen, I don't know how you don't have that dude out there. I mean, he was getting open both times. He caught the ball. He seemed like he was wide open, made a nice toe tap catch too, but charge running game as a whole. I think there are some positives. It was a terrible 
Texans run defense, but it just sucks because you feel like it could have been a way better game had they yeah. stuck with Josh Kelly, had they stuck with Austin Eckler, at least to start that second half and could have gotten some drives going. I think you would have seen much bigger numbers from that group. But I think positive as a whole, see some Isaiah Spiller, please. Like uh, the, yeah. uh, Enough of, of Sony Michelle for me. I mean, I'm ready to see someone with some more upside. And we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's Buy or Sell. But there are a couple of defensive guys I think deserve a shout-out to. Well, Mike Will, me. too, man. Real quick, before we go to the defense, i got got to talk about Mike Will. Seven catches, 120 <laughs> yards, plus that 50-yard completion that set up that touchdown by Austin Eckler. I mean, he was all over the place. You needed a big performance out of Mike yeah. Williams in this one. The Chargers got it, so that was really nice to see. And those big conversions you talked about on that yeah. final drive, too. He was the go-to guy, and I guess I just have to bold predict him every week. The two times I've used him as my bold prediction, he's it gone went. for over 100 yards. I mean, and so I'm pretty close again this week after that big Kansas City game. But, yeah, they needed him to come through, and he did. A couple of individual defensive performances, though, I think that deserve a shout-out on this one. Khalil Mack, looking yes. like Camilo, Khalil Mack, you know, vintage performance by him. Two QB hits, gets the sack on fourth and one where he just never falls for the trick. True veteran, gets the sack on Davis Mills. And Sebastian Joseph Day, who I thought really heated up. Towards the end of this game, he gets two total tackles for us, two quarterback hits, gets his first sack of the season. And on that very last drive was getting the pressure that ended up sealing the game for the Chargers defensively. So there's more guys, too. But I thought those two in particular in a game where the front wasn't always great. Those guys, I thought, had standout performances. Yes, it was really nice to see Khalil Mack do those things. Like I said, without his running mate, Joey Bosa, out there, still showing everybody that he has plenty of gas in the tank and that he's going to be a key contributor on that defense for the entire season. So definitely yeah. love that. Um, it's going to be important. The Chargers are going to definitely need him going down the stretch. They're, yeah, they need guys like to step up. We'll have to go back and look at Chris Rubb and Calvin and Nolan, kind of see how they filled in for the loss of Joey Bosa. But they got the pressure in this game. Four sacks is a number you'll take pretty much any game. So yes. I was happy for outside of a couple of drives where it seemed like they lost it a little bit. It was good enough for me. But also, hey, how about that dude number 10, right? Justin Herbert with fractured rib cartilage going out there and looking like an MVP. I mean, 342 just, touchdowns. Absolutely. Yeah. Got to give credit to Herbie. For giving out, you know, standout performances, that dude, it, it just shows you like, hey, even with this, even while he's playing through this, another game he gets through without a setback that we know about, he can still play to the level where he's not only, you know, healthy enough to make big plays, but healthy enough to carry this team through stretches. And he did it in the first half of this game and definitely did it on that final drive where he made the big throws down the stretch to go get the Chargers a win. And he deserves a ton of credit for that. And the Chargers all of a sudden find themselves back at 500, right? They get a what felt really like a must-needed win against the Houston Texans to get to 2-2. Two and two. You have a Browns team that just lost, right, to the Falcons next week, and then you get a Denver team that just lost to the 0-3 Raiders. So the Chargers will have a shot in these next upcoming games, and it's nice to see their quarterback looking like an MVP and the defense making enough plays to go out there and win a game, and they'll all have to be better. The Chargers want to really get this season back on track and make a push for the playoffs, but we're going to get more into that tomorrow in our buy or sell segment where the Chargers go next. And also, is it time to worry about J.C. Jackson? Is it time to kill the running back by committee? All things we're going to be getting into, but to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. Me and David also show the, share the show from all of our social media every day. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer's DMs are always open at Drotalk SD. You can always hit him up there or find the show's Locked on shows Twitter at Locked on LAC. We also have a Locked on Chargers Facebook page and are at Locked on Chargers 
on Instagram as well. If you guys want to call in and give us any questions you have after this one, you can call into 323-524-7924 to try to get your Chargers voicemail on the show. We'll be getting into some of those on Wednesday, but that's going to do it for us today. A win is a win. Evolve on the fly and hope you can come back better next week, but we'll be back better tomorrow when we see you guys then. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.